Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online service. Our theme for this year is Plus One, which encourages us to invite someone to join us in worship and fellowship. Our mission statement is simple. It's loving God, loving people, and loving life. We hope that this message will serve as a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Each episode, we will explore different aspects of our faith, share stories of hope and healing, and discuss ways we can make a positive impact in our community and the world. So whether you're a longtime member of our church or just tuning in for the first time, we welcome you to join us on this journey. Let's make 2023 a year of growth, both for ourselves and for those around us. Thanks for listening. Here we go. Amen. We have our little ones that's gone. I'm going to maybe do something different. I, uh, well, I'll, I'll make you aware of that in just a moment. But uh, as I said, we're going to purpose to just share some things a little bit different this morning. Uh, one of the things, especially in the hour that we're in, if you're aware of it, if you've been paying attention, the hour is at hand when Jesus is coming. And you might be saying, you say that a lot, Pastor. Listen, that's what the word preach means. It means to proclaim or to announce. Concerning prophecy, what is prophecy? It is pronouncing, announcing, proclaiming of what is to come. And so Jesus is coming soon. It is time to have our lives in order. It's time to have our house in order, right? And again, not, uh, you realize when you say Jesus is coming, that's not something to be fearful of. For the church, it ought to be something that we get excited about. I mean, it ought to be something that we begin to look forward to and it's like, Jesus is coming. You know, as you get older, uh, you can appreciate that a little bit more. I was talking to my kids the other day uh, and I asked my, my oldest daughter, I said, are you ready to go home? Meaning, are you, not, not are you ready in, in, in your walk with God, but are you ready to go to heaven? And she says, uh, nope. <laughs> I'm, I know <laughs> and I don't know if you can think back to when you were young uh, when you're thinking dear God I've got a lot of living to do you know there's a lot of things that I want to experience and for whatever reason we've got this mentality that going to heaven is going to be this this disconnect from life how many of you understand that going to heaven is basically this life continuing, but heaven on earth, or in other words, there's no sickness, there's no sin, there's no poverty, there's no lack, there's no sorrow. You're not going to just be sitting on a cloud playing a harp, man. We've got kingdom business to do. I mean, we're going to be building universes and building kingdoms. Why? Because there's work for God to be done. And so therefore, this life don't stop and we don't just sit back and relax and think kumbaya. No, man, I'm telling you what, life gets exciting the moment we go home. Amen? We just get to do it with Jesus face to face. And again, now you, you might think, well, you know, well, here on this earth, you got to do it by faith. When you get to heaven, do you know the economy of heaven is faith? So when you're in heaven, everything functions by faith in heaven. So you don't stop growing in your faith. In fact, for that matter, whatever you don't know here, you're going to learn up there. And so if you've never learned the Bible, man, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to school when you get to heaven, you're going to Bible school. Amen. You're going to learn the word of God. And how many of you understand that it doesn't matter how long you're in eternity, the word is eternal, and therefore you can never learn everything that's in the word of God. Or in other words, the word of God will continue 
constantly be enlightening and have revelation even throughout eternity. The Bible says that the author, the one in whom wrote the word of God or wrote the book, the Bible says that every day through eternity we'll see another side of his glory. Every single day. Meaning you'll never uh, come to an end of learning something new about God. Well, the, the author of the book put himself in there. So then once again, the word of God is going to continually be our manual for life throughout eternity. Amen. And so again, as I said, this is this one of those times, those seasons of what God is, is moving in this hour to get his church ready, to get his people ready. Now, why does he need to get his people ready? Think, well, I thought we were his people. No, it's because the people of God have been asleep for a very long time. They've been in a lukewarm, backslidden state of saying, well, I think I'm okay with God and gotten busy with life. And we come to this, have a, have a form of godliness, but deny the power of God in our lives. But God is saying, I need you to get ready because I'm coming back for a glorious church. Amen. So I'm coming back for a glorious church, one without spot or wrinkle. He's not coming back for a beat up, defeated, discouraged, ragtag bunch of people and says, this is the people that I sent my son for. No, he's coming back for a triumphant church. Amen. He's coming back for a church that is representing who he is. And we're coming, he's coming back for a church that looks so amazing. And what's going to be so amazing about it is because in the hour of his coming, the Bible says that it's going to be dark times. So it's going to be dark and perilous times, but the people of God are going to arise. They're going to come to the forefront. They're going to be the light in the darkness. And the people of the world that have given their lives for the devil to chase after this and chase after that are finally coming to a place to see the real church come to the forefront and say, Dear God, where have you been all my life? I've been waiting for you to come to a place of revealing Jesus to me. Amen. And I'm telling you what, that is the hour that we're in. If you've been... Paying attention to some of the news or just some of the social media. You don't see this necessarily on primetime television. But there's a move of God that has been hitting our nation. And that actually, it's, it's been hitting the world. Is anybody, just by a show of hands, anybody familiar with the Asbury uh, revival that's taken place? It's at, a, it's at a, a Bible college down in Kentucky. Is that where it's at? And, and God is just moving. Now, it's a move of God to where God is just pouring out his spirit on young people. And it's, it's interesting that, <clears throat> excuse me, as a result of what God is doing, people are coming from all over the world. They're coming from all over the world. Now, again, don't hear this the wrong way because I believe it's important for for us to get stirred up and fired up. I mean, for myself, I, I'm not one to chase after revivals. I mean, if I felt led by the Holy Spirit to go down there, I'd go down there. But you know what? If God's moving there, he's no respecter of persons. And he's not, he's not just saying, well, these are the special folks. So in other words, if God's moving there, he can move here. And so therefore, I don't have to go somewhere to get into a revival. All I have to do is position myself and be the revival. Now, once again, I understand that that's a little... For the lack of, this isn't the right wording, but easier said than done. In other words, it's a whole lot easier to go somewhere when the fire is kindled and already fired up and stirred, right? I understand that. 
And obviously you go to a meeting or you go to revival, you can bring the revival fire back. But you know, oftentimes what ends up happening is that people will go to a, a revival meeting, if you will, because they hear of everything that's going on and they're merely spectators. They might get in the revival and experience the, the emotion of it and, and experience God in the emotion or, or the, 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 the meeting of it. But there's too many people that have wanted to spectate rather than participate. And what I mean by that is, is that revival is not limited to a place. God wants to move in this place, in this city. I mean, think about it. I mean, the devil has raised up his ugly head in this community and in this church just as of late. But you see a revival that hits a school and in, in a matter of a few weeks, the city cannot handle, I didn't say the, the campus, the city cannot handle the people coming in from around the world. So you think, dear God, things look bleak, things look hard, things look challenging, what's going on? Listen, in the moment... In a moment's time, God can turn the tide and it can look different. The landscape can change and people's lives are forever changed. But I'm talking about not just being spectators, but being participators of what God's wanting to do. Amen. Last week, as we just came into this place, there was just a hunger, a hunger for people. Now, I, I, I'm going to just be real honest with you. This is just, the, the, I guess, a pastor talking. I'm surprised that there's not more people that are here. I mean, after what God did last week, I mean, you would have thought that people would have come back and said, man, I want some more of that. In fact, for that matter, I, I'm surprised how come you don't have at least five people with you saying, man, let me tell you what God's doing at the church, man. You need to come to church with me. Now, I'm not, I'm not scolding you. I'm not, I'm not being hard when I say that. I'm just saying it, it surprises me sometimes. Because as, as I said, oftentimes people want to spectate rather than participate. Amen. But what we saw last week, God began to move. And he's been doing it. There's been sprinklings, if you will, uh, in, in our church over the last six months. We've seen those sprinklings of it. In fact, this past not this past Wednesday, because again, the weather was uh, bad, so we canceled church prayer. But we've been praying for a move of God every Wednesday night, weather permitting. And I've even said to the people that come to church prayer, I said, you might think that it sounds redundant, that we're praying about the same thing. And you're like, oh, dear God, we prayed this last week. No, listen, we have been praying for a move of God. And so we have begun to see it. In fact, it started last, what was it, September when we started our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so two Wednesdays ago, as we were praying, the Lord showed me a picture, and it was like this. You, you know how when you see the, uh, the weatherman, and he shows you the map, and he says, there's the weather, uh, the weather uh, pattern coming across, and you can see the color, or like the, the blob that's moving across. And, and the Lord said to me, he said, rain clouds are coming. Meaning, it's bringing the presence of God. They're coming. But it wasn't how he said it. It's not just a passing thing. It's one that's going to linger. And it's going to saturate the soil. 
The soil that was hard, the, 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 the soil that was difficult, God's bringing in and softening the soil. And the seed that has been sowed, harvest time is coming. Amen. Did you not remember that the scripture said that in the last days, the sower and the reaper will work together? In other words, it's quick. Quick harvest time. Amen. So, just last week, you know, as we were uh, just letting God move. Uh, at the end, you know, we prayed for the young people. Uh, and I just believe that th there's a young generation that God is raising up. Amen. Now, let me just say this. Let me just go on a little bit of a side journey if I can. Uh, because, you know, we were supposed to be on a marriage and family series that we were doing. And so we kind of got, well, God just kind of, you know, decided to do something different. But let me just say something in regards to you young people. Especially when I say young people, I mean those of you that have, have not been married yet or looking to be married sometime. And, and, and the, all those younger people that are out in the congregation right now or watching online that uh, uh, you're single and you desire to, to be married to somebody, man or woman. If you're here, there's the tendency and there's the lie of the enemy that tends to come and say... If you could just find somebody, everything would be good. If you could just find somebody, oh, life would be different. I'm just looking for somebody to complete me. I'm just looking for somebody to be with me because I'm so alone. I don't want to be alone. Listen, it's better to be alone than go through hell being with somebody. Amen. And so if you're here this morning... You might be saying, I'm looking for somebody. I don't want to be alone. I'm looking for somebody to fulfill me or to do life with. Then let me just encourage you. You might be looking for the wrong thing. In fact, maybe it's because of what you've been looking for that it's taken longer than it should have. Because you've been looking for a person to bring fulfillment. But God's wanting you to look for the God in the person that will bring you fulfillment. So in other words, rather than looking for a man or a woman, begin to look for the man or the woman of God that God has assigned or will bring in. Not, not, not that there's an assigned person, but that there is a divine appointment that there will be a contact with a person that will be a fulfillment to you. Not that you're a half or a less than without somebody. You're a whole and complete all by yourself and that other person will just come and become a, an accent to you. Does that make sense? What am I saying to you? Many of the problems that we have had in, uh, let, me, let me just pause there. Don't let me lose my train of thought, okay? My wife talked about the old man that we met the old man, he would like me saying that the, the gentleman that ran the business of the wood place that got us our mantle once he found out that I was a pastor, he began to apologize. Oh, dear God, <laughs> man, I'm sorry if I acted a certain way. Man, you're all right, man. Don't worry about it. And then he said to me, he said, yeah. He said, you know, he said, my dad, he said he was a drunk all my young life. And he says, when I got six or when I turned 16, he said, my dad found religion. And he said he found one of those Pentecostal churches, the Assembly of God churches, you know, church like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
And then he said, when my dad found Jesus, he said, he stopped drinking and everything changed. And he said, and he was at the church for 20 hours, like 20 hours a week. And he said, he wanted us kids to go to church. And he said, and I didn't want to go to church. And he says, well, as long as you're going to live in my house, you're going to go to church. And he says, well, then I guess I'm just not going to live in your house. And he said, at the age of 16, he says, I became emancipated from my father. Now, what am I saying that? Or why am I saying that? Because there was a young person, a young man or a woman that was raised in a house that was full of turmoil because of an addiction. That's all that, they, that he knew. Obviously, it wasn't a good relationship with his father. But now the father found Jesus. And his life turned around. Thank God. But now, a young man that never knew anything other than a drunk father that now found, found Jesus has now become this radical, and I don't want nothing to do with your Jesus because you've been nothing but a jerk to me, and therefore now you're trying to force this down my throat. You know what I'm saying? And how oftentimes that is the story of people within church. Thank God that we find Jesus at some point in time of our lives. But see, our kids need to know who Jesus is at a young age. Because once they get old or older, if we think that they're going to experience Jesus firsthand, the challenges are far outweighing than knowing him at a young age. Does that make sense? And so here's my point in terms of you young people. The young people that are older but yet single. Rather than looking to a person to fulfill natural desires, emotional desires, look for a man or a woman of God. Once you change your pursuit, you'll find that God begins to realign some things. Why? Because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And therefore, he needs you to pursue him, not get distracted by a person. Does that make sense? So there's your marriage tip for today. Amen. I, don't, I didn't say that as well as I wanted to, but nevertheless, I trust you got the, the meaning. Look for the man or the woman of God in the man or the woman that you desire. Amen. So, as I was saying... In regards to God moving in the midst of our service last week, it just seemed right that we ministered to the young people because God's got a plan and a purpose for their life. And you may not even know what that is yet, but just know that there's a plan and a purpose. And it's one to change the landscape, to change eternity. And then we just ministered to people that were sick. If you had need in your body to be ministered to. Well, I'm sure there's many more. But there was one woman that already gave us a, a testimony this morning. She said that she had severe pain in her stomach. And I, I'm forgetting the details. I'm getting kind of fuzzy on them right now. But she said, as we prayed for her, she said, my wife laid her hands right on the spot in her stomach. And she said, in, in that moment, she said, I actually got kind of nauseated. But she said, it felt like all the pain just left my body and she said I've been free from pain ever since then amen you see God when God shows up he can change a circumstance move a mountain do the impossible in a moment's time all we're looking to do is make room for him 
Make room for him. We prayed for those young people last week. And if it seems right, mom and dad, they're, they're in here. And so if it seems right, I don't want to put anybody on the spot or make it awkward. But this morning, a mom and a dad said to me that you prayed for our child last week. And after we prayed for them, they wanted to ask Jesus into their heart. We got busy and talking, and so we didn't get a chance to pray for that little one last week. And so mom and dad says, can we pray today that she would receive Jesus? And I said, absolutely. Now, the reason that I talk about putting on the spot is because that's what God's doing in this move. Is that God is speaking to the hearts of men and women and it's a place of repentance. Surrender to Jesus. Of committing our lives to God. And so, I'm, I, it just seems right that this would be a committal service. That you might be the individual that says, you know what? I've known that God has a plan for my life. I, I know that God has been drawing me close and I just keep I'm too busy and so maybe today would be that day that you would say you know what I'm going to repent I'm going to take a turn I'm coming back home I'm committing and surrendering my entire life to Jesus and as I said if it seems right mom or dad I would love for that little one to join me here at the end of service and be the example to us all. Jesus says, suffer not the little children to come unto me. Wouldn't it be just amazing that a little child would be the one that leads the charge of saying, God, here's my life. I just want to surrender it to you. Amen. Amen. Let me just share a couple things with you. Here's a couple notes that I had in regards to this morning. In Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters. They shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservants and on my maid, men and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy what's he saying he says I'm pouring out my spirit he says I'll give you dreams in other words I'll begin to speak to you talk to you become real to you even in your dreams I'll show you visions of things meaning that he'll show you things to come of what your purpose and plan is is because you're called to change eternity amen it's a place where God is stirring up a hunger why is he pouring out his spirit right now because he wants his people to get hungry listen to what it says here or, or, or this definition the definition of hungry is an uneasy sensation occasioned by the want of obviously it would normally be food but think of it from a spiritual hunger an uneasy sensation occasioned by the want of god a craving, a craving appetite, 
A hunger is not merely a want, but it's an earnest desire. Then it goes on to say this. It says, a person when sick may abstain long times from eating without being hungry or having an appetite for food. Isn't it interesting that the church, the people of God, have gotten into a place of complacency where we're not hungry for God. If I go to church once a month, I'm good. Praise the Lord. So if naturally speaking that we don't have an appetite for food, it might be an expression of sickness going on in our physical body. If we have a lack of hunger for the things of God, could there be a spiritual sickness? And again, I'm using that loosely, if you will. In other words, God is wanting to restore, bring to health, bring to life, and give us a hunger and a desire for Him. Again, the definition of hunger, any strong or eager desire, the feeling of pain or uneasiness with the occasion by long abstinence from food, but we could say God. There are birthing pains and stirrings on the inside, and you might be trying to fulfill that and fill it with everything else in the world. But God's wanting to fill that pain and that longing and that hunger with Him. Amen? He's wanting us to be hungry. He's wanting to fill the longing. But here's the thing. Have you ever noticed that when you get hungry, you start thinking about food and you get hungry? I'll give you an example. Just yesterday, my wife, I was hungry. I was hangry. <laughs> she was busy, and I'm like, hey, I thought you said you were cooking dinner. I'm like, I'm hungry. And so she kind of, okay. And so she started, and she, she cooks an amazing meatloaf, and we just love it. And she cooks amazing mashed potatoes. We all love them. That's her famous dishes. And so we're getting hungry because we can smell it. But you know, when you're hungry, you start to snack here and there, right? Because you're hungry. And you snack on the wrong things, but by the time it's time to sit down and eat, you've gotten full on other stuff. And so therefore, that which you was earnestly desiring and looking forward to and something that was really going to be enjoyable got spoiled because you filled your hunger with other things. And that's what the people of God have done for the last two to three decades. We have been filling ourselves with junk food. Running here running there, and the enemy has put a spin on it, says, well, your kids need to be here, they need to do this, and they need to have that, and oh, dear God, you know, you want to have this and go there, and all these other things, and we have filled our appetites with things, and we've walked away from God. And so what is God doing? He's stirring a hunger right now. Why? So that people will come to a place of repentance. Turning from the junk foods of life and coming back to hungering for Him. 
I've heard people say, well, you know, this church has that over there and that church has that over there and I'll go here for that and I'll go here because they got that program and they'll, you know, the kids and blah, 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 blah. And I understand the natural things. But if Jesus was going to show up here in person, if next Sunday Jesus showed up here in the flesh, would your programs over there mean anything? No, because Jesus is here. Jesus is wanting us to hunger after him. And if you sense a stirring in your heart that Jesus is moving and that Jesus is coming very soon, then let me proclaim, let me prophesy, let me declare to you today, it is time to clean the closet, get out the clutter, Zero in the focus and get your appetite hungry for Jesus because he's coming soon. It's time to go on a spiritual diet and say, I'm getting rid of the junk food, the things that pulled me here and pulled me there, the appetites that I had that I thought fulfilled me here. Listen, it's nothing but a band-aid to make you emotionally uh, 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 full in the moment, but it doesn't fill what Jesus can fill. And God's saying, I want my church and my people to come to a place of repentance. Listen to what it means to repent. Real repentance, sorrow, or deep contrition for sin as an offense that dishonors God. It violates his holy law. This is a call, or excuse me, uh, um, this is the call of, uh, called evangelical repentance. And then it accompanies the following of an amendment of life. Repentance is a change of mind, of conversation from sin to God. Or not conversation, conversion to God. Repentance is a change of mind or a conversion from sin to God. Matthew chapter 5 says this. Blessed are they that hunger and do thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's a time of repentance. Can we all stand? Mom, you know your daughter. If, if that's not a cool thing, I understand. But if, if, if you think it seems right, then go get her and bring her here. Amen. Folks, It's time to get in or get out. I used the example, I think, earlier in our meeting. Maybe it was in this service. I can't remember. So many times we want to just dabble our toe in religion. But religion is not just an experience. It's a relationship with Jesus. He's wanting us to be immersed in His love. Immersed in Him. Full of Him. And I realize there's a whole lot of unknowns when you're just beginning your walk with Jesus. But you might as well just jump in. You know, we've got a swimming pool. And the kids just 
go for it. I don't like the shock. I like to try to wait for the warm water. But they'll go jumping in and they'll say, okay, Dad, come on. Come on, Dad. You know, the best way that I can do it is just jump in and get over the shock of it. Whoa! And come on, how many of you know that sometimes when you just jump in with Jesus, it's like, woohoo! But it's a good woohoo! And you find that if you just jump in, it's fun. So I'm going to invite you this morning. You may have asked Jesus to come into your heart, but I'm asking you, search your heart this morning. Is it time? Is it a time of repentance? I know for me, I know it's a time of repentance. God, I'm committing my life. I'm committing everything that I am, removing the distractions. I just want more of Jesus. And so if that's you this morning, when I pray for this little one, I want us all to pray this prayer. Amen. Mom and Dad, why don't you come up with me? Come on. This is so cool. I know, I know it's kind of, come on up here with me. There you go. I know it's one of those things where you're right out front of everybody. But listen, I just thought it was so cool that you said you wanted to ask Jesus into your heart. And I just know that there's so many people here that are, are, are proud of you and are inspired by you. And so I just told them that I wanted to pray with you in person in front of everybody so that you could be an example to them and that they could actually pray with us. Would you want to help me pray with them? All right. Are you ready to ask Jesus into your heart? All right. Let's pray together. All right. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And when you pray with me, I'm asking everybody in the congregation to pray with us, okay? All right. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus, that he died on the cross for me. He paid the price for my sins. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. I commit my life to you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! Come on! Yeah! Oh, that's awesome! 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 Come on, can you give her one big hand as she goes back? Thank you, guys. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, then I'm trusting that in that prayer you said, I'm committing my life to Jesus today. Not just committing your heart, just to say that, that I've got and received salvation. I'm committing my life. I'm giving my life. I mean business. Amen? That little girl... Let me just show you what committing your life looks like. That little girl found a loving mother and father that adopted her. You talk about a, a sacrifice 
of a man and a woman. But they say God put some love in our heart and God wants to build a family and God sent us a special little girl. And so we're committing our lives to be moms and dads to this boy and girl. As a result of them committing their lives, both that little boy just a matter of a few weeks ago and that little girl today received Jesus or committed their lives to Jesus because they gave their lives and eternity was changed. See, listen, God's got a plan for us. Amen? Amen. Well, I trust that you got something out of today. Again, this is not church as usual. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, listen, at the connect spot, we got an envelope. It's called, I believe. It's just a little packet that helps you grow in your relationship with God. Be sure to grab one of those. If somebody's not there, let us know. We'll get that for you, all right? We have class tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll see those that are in packed leadership. Let me pray real quick as you go your ways. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you're moving in this church. We thank you that the move of God, revival and awakening, has hit Genesee County through Genesee Valley Church. We thank you that you're not done. That the greater is yet to come. The suddenlies are here. And God, we're expecting with anticipation greater days ahead. So God, be with us as we depart. Thank you that the Spirit of God moves with us. And that we can sense and experience the presence of God. As we've committed our lives this day. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We'll let you go. We'll see you next time. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. We hope that you have found inspiration and encouragement in our discussion today, and we invite you to join us again next week. Let's make 2023 a year of growth and love by sharing the message of our church with others. We encourage you to take the plus one challenge this week and invite someone to join you at our next worship service. You can get more information about our church and say hi to us anytime from our website or social media, all online at gvchurch.tv. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.